0: There's not a better day to celebrate together, is there? And, uh, hey, could you, we just honor the creative team and all the people that came out on Friday to put all this together. Then they do an amazing job. When we started talking about this, we were hoping to be able to transform a school gym into a little better environment. And God has graced us with the talent to be able to do that. And so we're very thankful Uh, there's so many people that were involved uh, I'd be messing up if I tried to name a few Uh, but everything you see behind us was created by people uh, at Hedgesville Church and and the whole idea and I just appreciate working with people like that uh, who are willing to put time and effort into it because they believe the message of the cross the message of the gospel is worth it amen and that's, that's working with a good group of people it's difficult when you have to convince somebody it's worth it isn't it but when they already have that in their heart you just have to give them the venue to work through and uh, and we just love doing that here now I will let you know that we built we built this stage on the front and I'm standing on it um, and uh, I was one of the ones that helped put it all together and then I I thought man this will be great for me to stand on. I didn't realize the whole worship team was going to stand on it. And so while you were lifting your hands fearlessly in worship, I was kind of looking at the stage wondering if it was going to be that Christmas where the stage collapsed under the whole worship team. Thanks be to God that he takes care of what we don't take care of. If the ushers could get ready, we're going to receive morning tithe and offering. We're gonna keep this short and sweet in case you didn't open up gifts this morning yet, and you slept in. My son told me last, this morning when he woke up, he said, "He said, man, I went to bed and uh, I woke up and I thought, man, it's ready. It's Christmas morning." And he said he looked over at his clock and it was eleven o'clock. So he said, "I got him got a glass of milk and went back to bed." So maybe you had kids. Uh, they were like that this morning. Cherish those moments. They will fade quickly once you get older teenagers. And then you got to wake them up to open presents. But um, can we just pray together? God has been good to us this year, hasn't he? We're going to celebrate that today. Father, we thank you. You've not disappointed, Lord. The most difficult of situations, your son walked right into them father we thank you we thank you that just as jesus walked into earth as a little baby he continues to walk into our lives in the most difficult of positions we're in and he has the ability to come and comfort us and give us hope and redeem us of our sins we thank you for that this morning of all days and we pray that that would continue that we would that we would recognize God, at work in our lives on a daily basis from this Christmas forward. We thank you for the gift we're about to give you. The ability to give it, God, comes from you. And we pray that it would go as far and wide as you would give us the strength to take it. In Jesus' mighty name, and everyone said, amen Amen and amen. Hey, there's a couple things I just want to let you know. Um, We will be back at Hedgesville Church next week. Two services, nine thirty and eleven fifteen. But this has been really—I mean, this has been extremely fun. Uh, we started—we started getting nervous about, oh, what if we had to do this every week, set all this stuff up? So, um, so it is nice to be to be able to have a church home. How many were excited about what you heard last week? Yeah. So um, I was approached several by several people this week that were extremely excited about. What God has orchestrated in our church, and, and we're looking forward to it, how it plays out in His perfect timing, and, and so uh, I'm uh, thankful, thankful for that. Hey, I want to do something really quick though. Does anybody else share Jesus' birthday? Can you can you raise your hand if you are in the same birthday today, to December twenty fifth? Is that Amanda Hatcher in the back? She has the same birthday. Isn't that cool? That was a setup. Her husband texted me last night. And he said, could you do me a huge favor? And I thought, man, somebody's sick. I was getting ready to go to the hospital. He said, could you say something? Amanda's birthday always gets trumped by Jesus. It's still going to get trumped by Jesus, but we just want to recognize anyone that had a birthday today. We want to let you know that you should celebrate it in July just to spread the presence out a little bit. We're going to be moving forward at the beginning of the year, and we're excited about that. Um, I want you to be here next week. Uh, we're going to have a special guest with us next week. And I want to hear, I want you to hear the heart of someone who's been faithfully. Faithfully answering the call of God for decades. And I'm really excited about it. So I don't want you to miss next week and um and hear how God plays out in your life when you say yes. So make sure you're here. And I also want you to know that we're gonna be kicking off the beginning of the year by fasting. <laughs> Those of you that are cheering are masochists, and the rest of you are like, What? It's Christmas, we're gonna to eat today. Uh, the third week of January, January 15th, we will do what we uh, we call and uh, is popular, popularly known as the Daniel fast. So you will still be able to eat, although you will not like it. Uh, but fasts aren't to be comfortable. Did you realize that? And so we're gonna dedicate those three weeks uh, to hearing God's voice and we'll have special moments of prayer and worship on Wednesday nights during those three weeks. So, So mark on your calendar from January 15th, and we'll break the fast on Super Bowl Sunday so that everybody can just get sick. Uh, But we'll break the fast on our Super Bowl Sunday party. And and I believe that God wants to say something to us. Amen? And, And so this is a great opportunity for us to get the clutter out of our minds and be able to focus on him. So I want you to join me in that. We'll be giving you some resources if you've never done this before. Uh, but it is a great time, great time of the year to start out the year hearing from God. So we're excited about those opportunities. So would you do this with me? Would you turn in your Bibles to Matthew chapter one? You can do it on your phones, Version app. I want to talk to you today about the Christmas story. But maybe in a way that you haven't read it before, you do realize that in any story you read, there's multiple facets to it. If I told you the story of my life, you could pull out all kinds of things not to do. Some things that I would want you to replicate, but the Bible is that way. In every story, there's different things you can look at. And so this morning, the Christmas story, I want want us to look at Matthew chapter 1, starting in verse 18. It says, this is how the birth of Jesus, the Messiah, came about. Somebody say amen for God getting in front of your bad mistake before you make it. Amen? The angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream and said, Joseph, son of David, don't be afraid to take Mary home as your wife because what is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will give birth to a son. And you are to give him the name Jesus because he will save his people from their sins. It's a story of obedience. It's a story of the chaos of God impacting our world and how a family dealt with it. We thank you for it, Lord. We pray that our lives will be transformed by the reading of your word. In Christ's name we pray. And everyone said amen and amen. Look at your neighbor and say, man, it's not a big deal to have Jesus. Don't we read the Christmas story like that? Virgin Mary. Commonplace things, right? It's not a big deal. We just read it kind of flippantly like it's like, um, you know, like your your best friend at work, the same thing happened to her. But the reality is, is that God coming to earth created an unbelievable amount of chaos in this family. They were Mary and Joseph were set to be married, and most well-respecting men, if they had found out what Joseph had found out at the beginning, would have the same response that Joseph had. Now, what you see in that that first portion of scripture says Joseph was a really good guy, and adhered to the law, and in this case, there was very specific consequences for what it looked like happened to Mary. And so both of their lives are flipped upside down. And while it is amazing, unbelievable, never again to ever happen, event that is taking place in Mary's life, it caused quite a bit of chaos, didn't it? Quite a bit of chaos was coming her way in the nine months that she would carry Jesus. And however many months it was when she told Joseph to giving birth, It was chaos. Could you imagine the first conversation they had? How do you explain that? I had a dream. God told me. Now, we live in a society where if somebody comes to you and says, God told me this, you would probably go, yeah, and so did the TV preacher. Right? It was a pretty important thing. But even though she had said, this is what's happening, Joseph Joseph said, I'm not sure I can believe that. And put it in his mind, the Bible says, to divorce her quietly. says he was faithful to the law and yet did not want to expose her to public disgrace. Joseph was a gracious man. But oftentimes in our lives, God showing up in our lives creates the same thing, doesn't it? It creates a little bit of chaos in our lives. And what happens is we have... This trajectory that we're on, maybe, maybe away from God, maybe in the opposite direction of God, maybe just going our own way, doing our own thing. And then all of a sudden, the God of heaven, Emmanuel, Jesus, God with us, comes and invades your life. And how many know the first encounter that you have with God is a good one, but oftentimes creates enormous amount of chaos, doesn't it? Now what do I do with the way I talk? Now what do I do with the people that I work with? Now what do I do with my reputation? Now what do I do with all the, th- all the years that I've established who I am? Now, now the God of all of heaven has invaded my life, and it has created chaos, hasn't it? It happened that day when Joseph got the news. Nothing would ever be the same again. Chaos had entered the room. And now there was a decision to be made. So Joseph, being a good Jewish man, wanting to adhere to the law, there were severe consequences, but he loved Mary. So he said, listen, there's got to be some grace that goes along with this justice thing. And isn't it an awesome Christmas story that in the coming of Jesus as a little baby, Joseph is foreshadowing what Jesus would do. Isn't that awesome? Joseph says, listen, I'm a really good Jew, and I believe in the law 100%, and I know there's consequences for this, but I am willing to do this quietly. Just put, I'm willing to give you grace in this situation. And the best scenario right now for us is, like, we'll put you away quietly, and, and, and I'll divorce you without anybody knowing, and and, and and it'll just work out for the best. He was trying to show her grace and mercy as well as he could understand it. The chaos was still there. Well, in the middle of that chaos, Joseph, the Bible says, has a dream. And an angel of the Lord comes to him. And I don't know about you, but oftentimes in my life, the chaos is carrying on. It's on and on and on and on. And then I'll, and then I'll think, God, I need, I, I need you to intervene in this. I don't understand what's going on. And I can't imagine Joseph just being... The way the Bible describes him, not having those conversations with God. Not laying at night going, God, I don't understand how we got here. Everything is upside down now. I don't understand what to do with this. I feel like this is the best. I know what the law says about this. I feel like this is the best approach to take. It's a win-win for everybody. And in the middle of the chaos, God's presence steps into Joseph's life, doesn't it? It says, an angel of the Lord came to him in a dream and said, hey, listen. Listen, I understand what you're trying to do, but I need to tell you something. That this child is from God. And what you're, what you're about to do, while it seems like a great idea to you, don't do that. Matter of fact, he says, but after he considered all this, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream and said, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid. Isn't that just like God to come into our lives in the midst of fear and tell us, hey, listen, don't be afraid. Don't be afraid. I told the church last night, John says, in the beginning was the word and the word was with God. and The word was God. It says, it says all things were created by him and nothing was created without him. And Jesus can step into our lives and say, listen, I've been doing this a long time. I've seen all the chaos from the beginning to the end and I can step into the middle of it and give you peace today. And he does that in Joseph's life. The angel of the Lord comes to Joseph and he says, don't be afraid. He spoke right exactly to the problem. I know what you're dealing with, Joseph, but don't be afraid. I know it's fear that's causing you to react, but don't be afraid. I know, I know you're unsure and you're fearful of what is going to happen in the next couple of months about your reputation, about, about everything that could happen, but don't be afraid. And I believe that's the message of Christ coming to earth today. That in all the chaos and all the political turmoil and, and all terrorism and all kinds of things that are going on, Over and over again, he says, well, don't be afraid. Don't be afraid. He tells Joseph, don't be afraid to take Mary as your wife because what is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. I can imagine Joseph laying there going, that's what she said. So she will give birth to a son and you are to give him the name Jesus because he will save his people from their sins. So Joseph got up the next morning with a big smile on his face and went to work and told everybody what happened. Don't you have that problem sometimes when when the almighty, powerful God steps into your life and the chaos starts and then the peace comes and you realize, hey, God is with me. God is with me. But then you have to go to work the next day, right? Then you have to go to work the next day. And nine times out of ten, the angel's not standing beside you at work. Going, hey, this guy told me that it was all God. And so you're you're in front of your coworkers and you're going, You're going, man, there's something different about you. Yeah. I know this is gonna sound cliche. I know you've heard other people go to church, but man, I had an encounter with God the other day and it transformed my life. And you almost can anticipate what they're gonna say, right? Oh, come on, man. Let's go out tonight and forget about that stuff. But you can't. Because God stepped into your life. The presence of God has has transformed everything. It has caused chaos. but, But in the midst of the chaos, you experience his peace and his grace and his mercy. And you know that he's come to you and said, hey, peace. Be with you. You don't have to be afraid. And so what you see here is through the through the period of time where she, before Mary gives birth, is Joseph puts a lot of things at stake for this. His reputation, his standing in the community, his beliefs. This had never happened before. At least we have something to go on, right? Well, I knew there was a person in my family that got saved one time, and I realized it did transform their life, and it, it was totally different after that. But no one had done this before. This was new to everyone. So Joseph is actually setting aside his beliefs of the way the universe worked. This is the way things are supposed to go. And God comes to him in the middle of chaos and says, Don't be afraid, I'm changing things right in front of your eyes. And your, you and Mary are gonna be the vessels by which this change comes. So in today's modern time, we call it a sacrifice, right? We say things like, we say things like, Well, I encountered God and it man, it turned my life upside down. I didn't know what to do with it. And then I realized the peace of God. And then we say things like this, after we experience the peace of God, then we say, then we say, and then I made the sacrifice. Right? I made the sacrifice. And Joseph, if you look at it in that light, is making the sacrifice of his good name. He's making, the Mary is making the sacrifice of her good name. Because, I mean, how many times can you really go around and tell that God got me pregnant? How many times can you say that at, at, a, at a family gathering? And so what we do is we say, we say, God has come into my life and transformed everything. And then we make what I believe to be is a mistake. We say, God has transformed my life. He's come in and it has created this immense amount of chaos and I wasn't sure how to deal with it. But yet in the middle of that chaos, he's given me peace. And now I sacrifice for him. And I started reading and looking into the story. and I I started thinking, you know what? It's... It's not really a sacrifice when you're giving birth to the Savior of the world. As parents, we have given birth to much less significant people, right? Somebody say amen. While they are very important in the plan of God, none of them are the Savior of the world, right? So I will agree with all the... All the wonderful ladies here that you made a sacrifice to have your kid. Somebody say amen. Come on. Even if they're adults sitting beside you, you're just looking at them like, jeez, how did it turn out like this? But what we often do is we often call the path to blessing a sacrifice, don't we? Does that make any sense? Because oftentimes, like, think about it in the investment world. If I have a sure bet, if I have a sure thing, if I put this much money in this account, it will give me this much money guaranteed. Nobody calls that a sacrifice, do they? They call that smart right? They call that logical. They call that just the best next step. They call that, hey, listen, if you do this, this happens every time. Nobody says, oh, well, it's a sacrifice. No, I want to participate in that. There's no sacrifice about that. If you tell me I can make 20% on my money, you'd be lying, first of all. But if it was true, uh, why wouldn't I do it? So we often look at the things in our lives that are painful. We often look at the things in our lives that are inconvenient. We often look at the things in our lives that we may seemingly be giving up in the moment. And we have named them sacrifices when God is actually looking down saying, I'm bringing a blessing through that action. Amen? So it's really not even a sacrifice, is it? I think the church should change our language. I think when people look at us and say, how do you give that up? What do you mean give it up? This is a sure bet. I can't go wrong. It's impossible for me to lose here. Amen. It's not a sack. We've been telling the world for centuries. Well, it's a sacrifice to follow Jesus. When the apostle Paul said, these present sufferings are not worthy, worthy to be compared. He said, what I'm going through isn't even worthy for me to make the, the comparison between the two. I can't hold up what I'm dealing with and what God has given me. I can't even talk about them in the same conversation. And so the amazing thing is you don't hear anything else about this span of time between Joseph finding out and Mary giving birth to Jesus, you don't hear anything else about it. You don't hear them walking around going, well, I'm doing this for the Lord. You don't hear them walking around going, well, if it wasn't for God interrupting my life, we'd have a normal family. Hmm, We'd have as much stuff as everyone else has if it wasn't for me giving to the church. Wow, I got quiet on Christmas. <laughs> one last thing. The band's going to come back up. Somebody start clapping right now because I'm going <laughs> to preach like a 20-minute sermon. If the, if the ushers could get ready for communion, I want to make this one last point. I want to explain to you, first of all, the way we're going to do communion is if everybody could just f- kind of file into the center... Come up, receive your communion. could just come back around and find your seat. That would just make it as easy as possible. We're going to do that in just a moment. We're going to celebrate this together. But I want to make this one last point. It depends on what you name it. Did you hear me? It really matters what you name it. The angel came to Joseph, and he didn't say, Joseph, the baby that Mary has is going to be the Savior of the world. And if you want to name him Billy, that's fine. Could you imagine that today? We got a birthday cake for baby Billy, Savior of the world. It mattered what he named him. It mattered. He said, you'll name him Jesus, right? Because he will be the savior of the world. You will name him Jesus because he will be the savior of the world. He said, Joseph, don't be afraid. This is from God. You'll name him. and th- th- This is from God. This is, this is absolutely something that you can embrace and be, and be okay with and be excited about. It. But here's what I want you to do. I want you to name him Jesus. It, it matters what name he has. It matters. And here's what I'm afraid of. I'm afraid that we've given what we've walked through the wrong name. The thing that God has birthed in us out of chaos, out of not understanding, out of pain, the thing that, he, that he's birthed out of us that, that could open the eyes of someone else to who Jesus is, that thing that he's birthed out of us, we oftentimes give it the wrong name. And I started looking at this story. And I started realizing that the angel told told Joseph to name him Jesus, but then he left it up to Joseph to actually do it. It says after after Mary gave birth, then Joseph named him what? Jesus. At the end of the day, Joseph had to put the name on it. Do you realize this? That God will allow us to walk through many things that look like sacrifice, in order to bless us. And then he gives us the responsibility to name it the right thing. He says, he says, listen, you're walking through something right now that looks like chaos. You're walking through something right now that looks unsure. But I'm, but I'm promising you that my presence will be with you. And I'm promising you that when you get to the end of this, it will only make sense if you name it the right thing. Because of a baby born of a virgin named Billy makes no sense. But a baby born of a virgin named Jesus is something we can lift our hands to. Amen. It's something we can worship. And so statistics prove themselves right. Many of you are walking through a season right now where it seems chaotic. Maybe... Maybe the comforter has come. Maybe you're confident that you can walk through this. But I want to let you know that on the end, at the end of what you're walking through right now, I want you to prepare to call it something different than what you're getting ready to call it. You're getting ready to call it a struggle. You're getting ready to call it a tough year in your life. You're getting ready to call it some of you aren't even willing to give it a name. You're saying, if I could just forget this year and let it go by, I'll be fine. God told Joseph, I want you to put the name on the struggle that you're having. I want you to name him Jesus. And then everything will make sense if you give him the name I told you to give him. So this morning, as you're maybe pondering all the things that have happened this year, all the, maybe all the struggle. I want you to think about what God might be asking you to call it. Maybe I could call it his will. Maybe I could call it the year he blessed me in spite of my circumstance. Maybe I could call it the year he healed me. In the middle of the chaos, in the middle of being unsure, it's the year he healed me. Maybe it's the year that he brought me out of my shell. Maybe, maybe it's the year that he, that he pointed me in the right direction. Maybe, maybe it's the year that blessing came out of my life because of him. Maybe it's the year. What will you name it? What well, will you name it? It's important what name you give it, and I believe that the reason that we don't wake up on Christmas morning and say, "Hey, we're going to celebrate Billy's birthday," is because in the middle of the chaos, Joseph said, "I'll name it whatever you tell me. To. If he's to be Jesus, the Savior of the world, then I'm going with that." Amen. Paul the Apostle was unbelievable at doing this and while people looked at his life and said, Paul, your life is in chaos, you're in chains, you're, you're, you're bound up, you can't go where you, I, I don't understand, he said, listen, God told me what to name this and he says, I'm not naming these chains a burden, I'm not naming them a sacrifice, I'm naming them a blessing for the kingdom, Amen? I'm going to give this season of my life a name. These chains are to advance the gospel. Not burden it down. Not hinder me. Not not put me in a place where I can't talk about it. No, this season of my life is to advance. So I'm going to encourage you this morning. Maybe your life is in the middle of chaos right now and you don't know where to go, where to turn, what to do. Seems like no advice is the right advice. But I can tell you in a moment, God can step into your life and he will speak these words to you, fear not. Fear not. And my prayer for this morning is that you show up on Christmas and you'd hear, fear not. You don't have to be afraid. You don't have to be afraid of your economic situation." You don't have to be afraid of your family situation. You don't have have to be afraid of the sickness that's in your body. You do not have to be afraid. Because the God of all creation has stepped down from heaven and dwelt with us. And now the Bible says he dwells in us. And we still don't have to be afraid. Paul told Timothy, the spirit doesn't give us a spirit of fear, but of power, love, and a sound mind. So I want to encourage you today. Take that first step. Don't wait another year. Don't wait another week. Don't wait another day. Take the first step. On the day we celebrate the coming of Christ, what better day to accept him as your Savior, just the way Joseph and Mary did. God, in the middle of this chaos, you stepped into it. And you've redeemed my life. Amen. Why don't you stand together? Can we bow our heads? I want to give you the opportunity to do just that. Some of you in here need to give your situation a name of blessing. You need to give your situation a name that God would call it. And I'm going to tell you this morning, God is not afraid. He's not afraid of your situation. He's well aware of it. And he's well aware that he's stepping into the middle of it. So some of you just need to give it a different name today. But there's others, I believe, in here this morning that need to step out and take that first step towards God. He came down and and made the long journey to you. And today could be the day that you accept what he's done for you. So can we do that? Come on, if, if you're in that place this morning, let's bow our heads, close our eyes. Could you give me a signal that you're saying, Chris, I'm with you today. I'm making, I'm making the step. I'm making the journey this morning. I am I'm accepting what he came to do in my life. I'm accepting that Jesus is the Messiah, that he's a savior, that he's going to redeem me of all my sins. Could you just lift your hand up and let me see you? I'm not going to ask you to do anything else. Come on, there's hands all over the place. What better day to accept that? Father, we thank you this morning. God, Jesus came and he died for us, redeeming us of all that we could ever do. And we recognize that this morning. And we thank you, Lord. Thank you, God, that you intervened. In Jesus' mighty name. Come on, could you give him honor and glory this morning for what he's done?